Welcome to the Days Past Tunecast. My name is Will. My name is Travis. And on this podcast, we have adult conversations about yesterday's animations. Today, we are covering a tune that is so extreme. So extreme. That we have to keep it low key. Oh, yeah. Here, or yeah. else there's going to be an overload. <laughs> the circuits will spark and flame up. Heart attacks will happen. We have to keep it very mild. Yes, because this is uh, the episode where we're covering G.I. Joe. Extreme. The 1995 G.I. Joe, a real American hero follow-up? Yeah. <laughs> yes. To to one of the longest running and most beloved 1980s Hasbro cartoons. Yeah. This is kind of a follow-up to last week's episode mm-hmm. in which we covered Transformer. I'm sorry. Beast Wars. Yeah. Colon. Transformers. And so just like that week, we're covering a follow-up to a beloved 1980s cartoon to mm-hmm. see how they improved on it. America's Sweetheart. Is there a way to improve on America's Sweetheart? Or can you only go downhill from there? Well, I think we we prove that you can go uphill extremely, an extreme uphill journey. So you're and in your opinion, this is a a more quality cartoon. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> See, that's the problem with uphill. Is that it's like it's all uphill or all downhill from here. It's like uphill sounds good because yeah. it's up, uh-huh. but it's actually harder. Yeah. But then all downhill from here, it's like, well, that's easy, but that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> so which is it? Which one is uphill? Which one's downhill? Either way, it's a battle. Okay. It's, it's, the it's battle, battle continues. Yes. yes. Well, extreme times call for extreme heroes. That is literally the motto of this cartoon. And I can't think of a more extreme time than the 1990s. There, no, there's not one at all. We were relying on heroes such as uh, Tony Hawk. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Tony Hawk. I'm Tony Hawk. Pro skater. Tony Hawk's pro skater. Now everyone thinks they can skate like Tony. Extreme. Yeah. Uh, Fred Durst. How many people here ever woke up one morning and just decided it wasn't one of those days and you're going to break some shit? Extreme. Maybe three extreme. Even our food choices. Chester Cheetah. Chester Cheetah here. I'm a hang loose kitty riding across the surf city. Extreme. Extreme, definitely. Uh, Pizza Pockets. Okay. Pizza Pockets. Surge. Surge! It's a fully loaded citrus auto with carbos! Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. I mean, that's still, you're that's right, always been right, there. It's always right. an option. It's the choice of every generation as mm-hmm. far as extremities go. <laughs> I've heard it does some things to your extremities, too. I am a living experiment to find that out. Oh, no doubt. So as the 90s became extreme, the G.I. Joes followed suit. Yeah. Uh, Hasbro released a new toy line. Uh-huh. That also ran from 1995 to 1997. Didn't do that well. The toys were bigger than the original GI Joes. They look pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, as far yeah, as just, yeah, just go to Mount Online there. Yeah. Toys go like they're big and chunky though, so they definitely like they and the cartoon do not look like your typical GI Joe no. fair. It's extreme. It's, it's an just extreme. extreme. Just yeah. imagine GI Joe and extremify it, just like 10. percent 
or 110%. Extreme times call for extreme heroes. G.I. Joe Extreme. It's the all-new G.I. Joe Extreme. G.I. Joe Extreme. What's it mean to be G.I. Joe? America's number one fighting force, sir. Bigger. Big muscle, sir. Bolder. Big missile, sir. And battle ready. Each sold separately. Bigger some vehicles, each sold separately. Now, this cartoon, if you are a comic book person, uh, you can, if you watch this cartoon, you will quickly recognize the style of it. In the 90s, comic book heroes took a turn. Everything was sunglasses, ponytails, and like 10 metric tons of shoulder pads. Uh-huh. And, and shadows. Shadows oh. built into the shadows with more shadows with the side of shadows. Yes. Huge guns, mm-hmm. pouches all over the place. Everybody's scowling. Everybody probably build and size-wise could be in the WWE. No pupils. No, I don't want to see him. Exist. I don't want to even see him. <laughs> and uh, that's what everybody looks like in here. It looks like the Image Comics, uh, specifically Rob Liefeld. Uh, if you look up, he's the guy who helped create Deadpool. And mm. uh, he was <laughs> probably the most infamous, the worst, and the most demonstrative of what 90s style was. He helped create okay, Cable. He helped you. create a lot of these, these looks that are completely on display here. I will say that it looks actually really good. The animation or the style at very least is actually pretty cool. It it helps the shitty storyline out for sure. <laughs> yeah. Helps push it. It's yeah. So what is the storyline here? I guess we should real quick, let's cover our bases. Okay. This show ran for 26 episodes, two seasons, over 95 to 97. Uh-huh. It was produced by Sunbow Entertainment, which is the same company that did the original G.I. Joe, a real American hero. A real American hero. G.I. Joe And so the G.I. Joe formula in some ways has not changed for this from a real American hero because it's basically the government says, hey, freaks, bring your shtick. Uh, You have to provide your own code name and your own weapon and your own costume and then show up and we'll give you some kind of budget until aim you at whatever the problem is. And be buff. Just be Be real buff. Show up buff. Show up with a leg day under your belt or two. And it's basically the circus. That's kind of what I think. Like the circus just curates the the people out there who are willing to show up and do the work with little reward. Oh, okay, yeah, They're just yeah. looking for a spotlight to do their weird thing. And yeah. that's what the G.I. Joes are. In this case, the world is it's not quite post-apocalyptic, but apparently, quote unquote, a superpower <coughs> Russia has tumbled is what they keep saying. And because they're like the opening is like a bunch of different clips from different news sources. G.I. The world is in turmoil. We don't really see what that means for America. Just everything looks darker and grittier, grimier, (laughs) grimmer. The hidden bases are still plentiful. Uh, Secret islands, still got those. (laughs) You got it. That's where you put your bases. (laughs) Scientists are still being kidnapped. Oh, yeah. Left and right. That'll never change. I think that's going to be a trope for sure. It has been. Yeah. (laughs) Going to stay one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the people doing the kidnapping are still a terrorist organization led by a masked Warlord. Mm-hmm. However, not Cobra, not Cobra Commander. Sorely missed in yeah. this. Uh, I don't dislike the villain here, Iron Claw, which sounds like something they would use to get you out of your car if you crash into the <laughs> lake, I think. Get the Iron Claw! Yeah. Iron Claw! I- <laughs> Never use that name in these walls, understand? Never! Deal appropriately with him. You've just been promoted. But he, he is so badly... Right in the coattails of a Cobra Commander. Oh, yeah. None of the humor. Nobody's having any of that. That's the thing that this is missing is the just the fun 
Yeah. All the fun that could be had, the, no one's smiling. And the, the unintentional fun, really, because Cobra Commander didn't know he was funny. No. At all. He's he's really mad and angry at everything. He thinks he's what this guy thinks he is, too. Like, yeah. They both think that they're very serious, dangerous people. Warlords, yeah. And the only danger is like how much power they wield and the fact that, that Cobra Commander is an idiot. Yeah. With he a can't bunch of power. It at all, yeah. No, no. This guy is, I guess he just, he went to Cobra Commander's tailor and said, give me the works. Uh-huh. And in the works, in this case, means layers uh-huh. it is winter for this man all the time because he's where for him layers includes a layer of a beret over a full-faced metal skull mask <laughs> and a cape and pouches and like wh- what is it a bandolier yeah. or something like that <laughs> just and a sword and a gun like this guy's wearing layers are in this guy is going to be a slow runner He's not going to get away quickly. And how's that beret staying on there? Is it Velcro? What's what, what we got going on? I feel on like there? it's sealing the mask to his face. Okay. But he is a striking character, I yes. will say. Iron Claw yeah. is, and he leads Scar. Uh-huh. S.K. Dot A. Dot R. Dot, which I got to check my documents here. Okay. What I don't think they go like? over it in the cartoon. No. Not the, we watched the first episode. Yeah. Soldiers of Chaos, Anarchy, and Ruin. This organization is so extreme <laughs> that they misspell the word that is their acronym so that they can misspell chaos in the acronym's definition. That's not necessary. I love it. The word scar is spelled S-C-A-R and chaos is spelled with the C and they just change it. Iron Claw has, uh, this is a cool twist. Uh, I wish the Cobra Commander would have gone something like this because I think it would have, he wouldn't have been able to pull it off at all. No. Uh, this guy has an alter ego as a seemingly benevolent Ruler, Count Von Rani. Mm-hmm. Never trust a count. We've learned this recently no. in Halloween, and I would say that's a lesson that you should already have in your back pocket. Uh, never. Uh, he's the leader of Khalistan, which is a, a fake Eastern European country. Welcome, my distinguished guests, to Khalistan's first international scientific symposium. I just feel like. I'm going to get in trouble with Eastern Europe for a lot of the things I say on this. I will be held accountable for my crimes against Eastern Europe, the slander. But I just feel like anytime we hear about Eastern European (laughs) leaders Uh in the news, it's not good news usually. So I don't know that someone named Count Anything who is an Eastern European something or other. I just just don't trust him anyway. Right. I mean, it might be better news than some of the worst news, but it's still not good. It's not good news. No, it's like maybe funny news. Maybe. (laughs) But this guy is in charge of Scar. Uh, Scar is, it's Cobra, but with all the fun. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're still ruining everything around him. Yeah, there's, yeah. I mean, they're doing it less buffoonishly. Uh-huh. Like his, all of his crew members that are not the the faces, the name guys. Yeah. All of his just, his henchmen that are just a uh, dime a dozen infantry look like robots. They look like they have metal skull faces, but they're in ber- like camouflage berets and uh-huh. fatigues and everything. So again, it's just like, faceless enemy literally faceless enemy yeah and they all have all the money and technology in the world to do things and they kidnap scientists three per day i mean is it just me or i feel like i could i could battle a bunch of henchmen from the 90s right like the putties from mighty Morphin power rangers you could like you know you your game you with me on this i mean here's the thing are you assuming that you have the same level of training that the people battling them in there do let's say maybe even half half I mean, you're probably set if you yeah. have any amount of training. Yeah, they don't. They don't know what they're doing. Just they a don't. yellow belt. If I have a yellow belt, I feel like I'm good. <laughs> they don't just because the color makes you feel good. Yeah, it's, right. It makes you feel strong. I yeah. I, the thing is, they all suffer from like stormtrooper syndrome, where they don't tend to hit you unless it's for the plot purpose. So yeah. as long as you're the hero, you're set because okay. you will not lose unless they need you to lose just before the commercial break so that you can win. 
after the commercial So if the break. cartoon camera's not on me, I'm going to probably get pummeled. You should watch out. But you'll be good in the end, as long as you're on the right side. Okay. Be on the right side of history. Got you. Cartoon history. I guess it's it's a post-Desert uh, <laughs> Storm world that this is being made in. Yeah. So I don't know if that's kind of where some of the... I mean, part of it is just the extreme nature of the show. Extreme! But the plan, the typical plan of... Kidnap scientists, make them do crazy things. Extort them. Under duress, make them uh-huh. do their science yeah. for you. Here, uh, they, instead of just doing that in the kind of charmingly goofy, like, I want you to make me 15 ice cream machines yeah. way that yeah, yeah, yeah. he would usually do Cobra Commander, it's just a, we're going to kidnap your families, rip you from them, store your families in places, hold them hostage, and tell you five or six scientists they're going to be hurt or killed unless you make this this device for us. Uh-huh. That's pretty heavy. Like, it's not, a, they don't do it in a light, cartoonish way uh-uh. at all. And tears? I, you got yeah. Ch- children's tears all, everywhere. Kids are crying. Yeah. Ch- these scientists end up agreeing with each other that they will commit suicide and <laughs> destroy the thing that they're working on and have it blow up the base if it means saving the world. And, sac- and they'll sacrifice themselves. Like, this is a little heavy. We well, you know what that is, right? That's what? extreme. That, that is extreme. That's real extreme. I think it's a little too extreme. <laughs> <laughs> a little too extreme for me. Number two, extreme. Oh. Numeral two, extreme. Extreme nachos. Extreme stunts. Go nuts. Monster jumps. Insane somersaults. And awesome wheelies. I mean, if Cobra Commander, if Cobra Commander was going to kidnap people's families, uh-huh. he would have fun with it. Yeah. He would send each family to a different amusement park. Yeah, a different like, resort. Yeah. And one of them would have like a deadly ride on it. And he wouldn't tell you which one, but he would say one of them does. He's like, you find out. And the family's like, we're just not going to ride the ride. Yeah. It's fine. Thank you for the heads up. Didn't think of that one. You sure? <laughs> keeps trying to tempt them. <laughs> he would show up as a worker at each facility trying to tempt people, like as just a carnival barker uh-huh. or something like that, but he's just wearing a hat over With his a wig mask. On. Yeah. He does have some, and I know there's a lot more than are featured in this particular episode, but we get two hulking behemoth men that are Iron Claw's backup guys. It's like they get bigger every time you, you look at them. They man. are huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I guess we we learned pretty quickly watching even the first episode of the original G.I. Joe miniseries, like there's a giant at the end of it. There's a monster yeah. at the end of it. And I, I realized what I had missed out on not watching G.I. Joe as a kid. It's like, oh, it's not just guns. It's... Everything. Yeah. It's got it all. Dinosaurs. We've we've seen it all. They've been extreme for a while. They've always yeah, I mean that's you gotta be pretty extreme to be a Joe. <laughs> for sure. One of these guys is named Wreckage. I mean, he basically looks like an uncolored Hulk. Uh-huh. Just looks like a, a, a large, large man with wild hair and a <laughs> eye patch. Yeah. I guess so like everybody has to have some defining weird trait or three if you're a bad guy. So he's huge, eye patch, shirtless, and a metal hand that fires lasers from each finger. Which I don't know why more like people don't do that. Like <laughs> Iron Man's always just aiming his palm, but I want that kind of dexterity to just be like five at a time. That makes sense. It makes more sense. I, I could do some real, like some detail work on the car. Real, real phalange damage for that. <laughs> Phalambage. Yeah. Phalambage. <laughs> now this guy, they don't really talk about it much in the show, but he's he's got one of these voices. Oh, I can't even do that. And he is, it hurts. I got to stop. Yeah. I got to stop. My doctor <laughs> you're, is you're telling trying, me to stop. You're trying to quit. He you're, says my next one are. may be my last. God dang. Even at the beginning, when he's overseeing the tearing of children from and families from fathers and everything, he's saying, don't hurt the kids. They're not the ones that cause all this. He has a beef with science. Yeah. And his personal beef, I looked it up, 
he was experimented on. He's a cybernetic being of some sort. I don't know of if course, he started of off course. this big. Yeah. Like that seems to be something that cybernetics don't do, uh-huh. like just make you a huge muscular man. But he was experimented on. He was a soldier that was experimented on by science. And now he holds a grudge against them. That's a parallel to some of the things that happen to soldiers. We do things. We experiment. We test out drugs on these. At least we have in the past. Yes, we have, this is yeah. bad business. I don't, I, I don't want it in my G.I. Joe. I don't want that much real world uh-huh. in my G.I. Joe, especially when it looks this dark. Everybody has a five o'clock shadow. Our other man mountain would be <laughs> a lump of man is rampage wreckage rampage these are already hard for me to like get them but they're both hulks this guy is he's a little more interesting to me he is reading the wall street journal he is just a dude in a suit he is michael douglas from wall street okay yeah, okay yeah, yeah. and he's reading and someone breaks into his arms base he loses his shit he this man does not like trespassers. Uh-uh. In fact, he hates them. He says, I hate trespassers. I really hate them. I hate them. This is this is like if the Hulk were only triggered by minor crimes, mm-hmm. like if somebody jaywalks and he's like, I hate you <laughs> because he turns into this. Sim- he really is the Hulk he is, with yeah. red eyes or mm-hmm. he, he gets halfway to Hulk, I guess. And it's kind of being like uh, aware Frankenstein yeah. as well, because he kind of resembles a Frankenstein. But this is a man just in a suit reading the Wall Street Journal in front of a monitor yeah. at his desk. And he sells. He's an arms dealer. This is I had to do the research because they don't they don't have time to go into anybody's <laughs> shit on this show. Everything is slam bang. Not even a thank you, ma'am. Intruders here, but a man's industrial complex. It's his castle. No, no, I've, I've got to calm down. I'll deal with this rationally. He sees them trespassing and he freaks out about it so angrily until he sees the single G.I. Joe that is a lady. And I guess like when he's in the form of this hulkish rampage man, he every every animal instinct Uh takes over. So it's rage until you see the lady Uh and then it's time to turn on that charm. Yeah, baby. Turn that faucet, which is not that much charm at all. No, it's just you pretty. When we're introduced to G.I., what will become G.I. Joes in this, the Joes are not a known force, which yeah. <laughs> still to call them Joes is so funny to me. Like, that's a government-given name task force that they are given at the end of the episode. They are working on their own. A lot of the people that we meet that become Joes. Mercenary and, city, baby. Yeah. And that's I guess that's supposed to be the state of the world at this yeah. point is that they are people just are kind of getting paid to do whatever needs to get done. But the two guys that we meet at first do not trust the government at all. They're two steps away from from a foil helmet. <laughs> well, one of them is basically wearing <laughs> yeah, an yeah. old-fashioned football helmet made out of metal. <laughs> so these two guys, the point being that there's this weird, instead of it being like, well, the government's a bunch of suits, but we work for them and we love America. The attitude now is like, well, we'll work for the government because they give us a, a, a mission uh-huh. that we agree with, but you guys don't tell us what to do, yeah. which is very, very Extreme. Extreme. <laughs> Extremely. <laughs> Extreme. So these first two guys that we meet are kind of the the two leads. I guess. It's not meat, really. Meat and potatoes. Very much so. Uh, yeah. You've got Lieutenant Stone. Yeah. Who is just Duke. He's a Duke clone. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Duke from the original A Real American Hero. Duke on roids. If you removed 
his charm gland because this guy, <laughs> no room for humor, really. No. I mean, he he has a few asides, but it's like he's doing it through gritted teeth, a flat top to end all flat tops. Cop haircut. Yeah, big time. Haircut, yeah. He'll be pretty flat a lot of the time. Just, you know, just a lot of this and a lot of grinning his teeth and brooding and saying, you can't tell us what to do. This island is top secret and strictly off limits. It's our operation base while we ready our rescue mission. Just as long as you remember who's calling the shots. But all of a sudden, he'll be compelled physically almost to do something extreme. Mm. Like at the beginning of the episode, in the opening theme, they say, like, the odds are a million to one. He goes, and that's the way we like it. But then he's never that guy, really, throughout the rest of it. And at the end, when they tell him, when this guy, this suit, Mr. Clancy tells him, okay, well, you guys are ours now, and that means you're G.I. Joe. And in response, he just almost like by programming takes out his gun and fires into a nearby rock to where it's a sculpture. And as it says, G.I. Joe Extreme, the logo of the show. That's what made me want to watch this when I watched the opening of it. <laughs> it's did that. Yeah, he he never keeps the same energy. No, he he has two settings, which is like pretty extreme and then just brooding extreme. <laughs> just art uh, artist. Artist extreme. Artist extreme. <laughs> Now, on the other side of that, you have Sergeant Savage. Uh This guy is a real piece of work, and he's got a little bit of a pistol, isn't he? He's a firecracker. Oh, oh man, he's a real pill, if you ask me. Well, he's he's from a different time. He is from the greatest generation, according to Tom Brokaw, who I feel like wrote the copy for this guy when they were describing him, because it even says, I, I quote, a hard charger from the greatest generation. Because this guy was in World War II. This guy has a weird history. That I want to lay out for you. Okay. Sergeant Savage was part of a toy line that was supposed to be an accompanying toy line to G.I. Joe, a real American hero. That was going to be Sergeant Savage and the Screaming Eagles. Okay. 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 And he was around in World War II. He's kind of a combination of Nick Fury in the comics was this actual role. Like, you know, we know him from the Marvel movies, right? Well, back in the day. He was a World War II comic book character who ran with the Howlin' Commandos, his group of weirdos that are in World War II. Weirdos, yeah. But in this, this guy, Sergeant Savage, he also gets frozen in World War II, like Captain America, gets experimented on by the villains, and then wakes up in the 90s and starts leading a new Screaming Eagles team of people that I don't know how they're related to the G.I. Joes. But they did all this. There was supposed to be a toy line, and they I think there was, very short-lived, and they even released a pilot single episode of him and his crew before this show came out. Sergeant Savage is the biggest, baddest soldier ever to join the G.I. Joe team. And when you get Savage, you also get his brand new full-length video adventure free. Sergeant Savage and the Screaming Eagles. Commando Sergeant Savage comes with a free video adventure. Other figures each sold separately. The whole thing got scrapped, I think, because G.I. Joe Extreme was coming Uh and they had to make room for that. But this guy's like got a totally ripped off background (laughs) completely. Man. (laughs) But none of that's explained in the episode in any cogent way. The closest they get is that he's the Archie Bunker of the group. So, and he hasn't said anything racist yet. yet. But when Mayday, the woman who's joining the team, he basically reacts with, This mission is no job for a lady! Yeah, I know your story, Savage. Your brain's still frozen in 1942. Like most guys I know. All part of the package, boys. That's the only indication that this man has this background. Wow. Yes. So he he's a, a complete ripoff. Here he just looks like a man in a old fashioned football mm. helmet who's way roided up. And he seems on the verge of yelling 
at all times. Oh, yeah. He does yell, but it's like everything he has to say, how's that for you, soldier? Oh, like this. Looks like you boys ran him off. Did a good job, soldier. Why not hit him with a full Marine division right now? But it's going to take more than the three of us to kick Scar's butt. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> I like his, his inclusion. I do, you know, that part of me wishes he was more sexist and more a man of his time. Okay. Maybe that shows up more on the show, but like more cigarettes too. You can smoke a little more oh, cigarettes. Yeah. 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 Had, had some stronger opinions about the state of the country. The lady soldier in question here, Mayday, which I believe, isn't that the name of uh, a real American hero? G.I. Joe? Mayday? I think so. Mayday? I believe so. Maybe. There's also, there's definitely been a Lieutenant Stone or just uh. a guy named Stone. So it's weird. They, they, have Recycle. so many characters. Yeah. Because we've talked we talked about last time out. This is like that they accidentally stumble back on a name that they already have. I think they just have to say they have to write themselves a check saying it's okay. Because <laughs> when there there's only so many names, like nouns that you can combine. Yeah, right. Same thing for Transformers. We're talking about how it's like this is the toy lines for obsessive children, and you're gonna have to put out a hundred toys per year. Well, you gotta find a way. That's new new molds, baby. <laughs> yes. Get the new molds. Especially when you're reduced to <laughs> names just like harpoon. Uh-huh. Screwdriver, water gun, <laughs> doorknob, any any one word <laughs> name, you're, you're probably going to end up reusing that. I yeah. think Spark plug. They, they ran out of steam on that one. Yeah, on the harpoon. You know what? You're in the you're probably in the writers' room all day, just having to pitch tons and tons of names. You're it's, looking around. It's your kid's birthday party. You got leaves. You're just like well, fuck it, har- harpoon. Well, Mayday is. Uh, <laughs> what happens is. Mr. Clancy, the G-Man, the suit, uh-huh. he picks, he looks like uh, the, what's his name? The agent from The Matrix. I've said this about some other guys before, probably oh, yeah, in yeah, 90s, yeah, just, yeah, but he's yeah, like yeah. Mr. Anderson. He yeah. looks just like that yeah. guy. Glasses and the receding hairline and uh-huh. everything. But he picks up, he finds Stone and Savage. They are stopping one of these kidnappings of a family just on their own. They're just out there. Free, they're free mercenaries, mm-hmm. <laughs> freelance mercenaries on their own, free, paying themselves yeah. with goodwill and good cheer for all mankind. Helps them sleep at night. And so he goes, he's like, hey, good job. Need you to do that some more, please. <laughs> and so he takes them in a black town car. Get in my car, please. <laughs> yeah, takes them to a secret base, shows them what's going on. And they basically agree, yeah, we'll do it, but we run our own ship. <laughs> we'll take your funding. At which point he says, we'll give you everything you need, equipment, support personnel, and the best pilot in the Inter-Alliance. That would be me. And this is a woman who's been driving the car. We haven't seen her up to this point. They lower the limousine uh, blocker right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. which I'm sure was like very uh, debasing for her. That oh. she wasn't even in on the conversation right. up to that point. And she, so he's pitching her to them as a pilot. Like the best pilot. They're already against this whole idea because like, hey, don't tell us who to put on our team. Mm-hmm. It's like if you if you have a band and you go you go get signed onto the record company like hey you need a keyboard player and we got the guy for you we got like, our in house guy right no over here. thanks yeah I mean this is a ch- like she is as big as the dudes it looks like she is a, a a rough and tumble lady with like a bob red haircut <laughs> and she is just uh, she's tough broad shattered up baby but she's driving the car and she's a pilot which I know you know people can do both people uh-huh. can drive cars and pilot planes not at the same time usually but they're pitching her as the pilot and these guys aren't going to be into that so to he says basically prove it to him don't underestimate her show him matey and she drives like a crazy person yeah (laughs) she just all she does is drive 
dangerous. There's no skill. There's no, no skill. I, any of us could drive this. I have. I had a friend in high school who drove this way, <laughs> and it was fun to be in the car because I I just didn't really think about how dangerous it was, and yeah. you would feel like that roller coaster G force effect in your stomach, and you would just drive over medians for yeah. no reason. Like <laughs> you would just do this shit to risk his own life, and that's all. She she drives so crazy that they end up in the air going into oncoming traffic on the highway and it, they go so high that I just assume like oh her, the car is going to turn into a plane and or she'll show you yeah, yeah. something I guess this isn't mask m.a.s.cast it's not that but all they do is land and uh-huh. then it's like hey pretty good right tires busted like, yes hey, isn't it cool? that's all it is that's not a proof of anything and then they get out and that's when Sar- Savage says the thing about like no lady I'm, I'm sure he is still adjusting to the idea of female motorists uh-huh. let alone female soldiers and then she when he says his sexist thing she just trips him like her reaction is I'm gonna correct your sexism with physical violence yep and I don't know if that's gonna work for him it looks like he some respect was earned maybe so yeah. maybe so he's like you know what that's how that's man language right there <laughs> My frozen brain can process that. <laughs> I, there, there are a few icy brain cells left in there, uh-huh. and they know violence. Yeah, and baby. now Extreme you're on my violence. yeah, exactly, baby. We got a few other members of the Joes that end up either being recruited directly or just kind of pop in, just falling out of the sky, literally fall out of the sky, just show up out of nowhere. But there's one that I think we need to get to sooner than later. Yes, please. His name is Black Dragon, and he is supposedly... Uh, yeah, quotations here. Yeah, A ninja. Uh-huh. Travis, do you know what that means? Yes, I do. It is time for a Days Past Tooncast Ninja Check. I think that's all too loud for ninjas. We wouldn't be, we're not here, we're not on trial. No. But Black Dragon is. Uh, this is where we take on the ninjas of Toondom and we judge them against the standards of ninjutsu. We really take a hard look at this. We we hold them to the fire. And if they come out of it, mm-hmm. they're like forged steel now. <laughs> but guess what? They re- very rarely make it out unscathed. True. And I'm going to just say right now that Black Dragon doesn't come out no, <laughs> Real sir. good on this one. No, sir. Now, the G.I. Joe, a, a real American hero, they had their own ninja and really set of ninjas, but they had Snake Eyes, a silent, deadly, deadly killer. killer. Yes. Yes. He was the silent but deadly fart of the killer <laughs> community. Yeah. And he had a brother who was Storm Shadow, I believe. And they, they were Caucasian, which I think is a point against them. As far as ninja ninjas goes, but they were like, he's the gold standard as far as cartoon ninjas go, it seems like, because uh-huh, he doesn't yeah. talk. Yeah. He doesn't get seen unless you wanted to see him. Okay. Black Dragon. Yeah. He's in what looks like a superhero costume. Yeah. I would say he's got like a surgical mask on uh-huh. also, it yeah. seems like, and goggles, like blue leather, whatever. That's all fine. I Dark colors. Yeah. Let's just call that a draw. Okay. Okay. But I'm going to give him points on this one. His name contains both black and dragon that's a double check right there that's 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 just classic bread and butter like yeah black excellent give it to me baby absolutely shadow yeah. anything darkness uh-huh. uh smoke that yeah. works any anything like that yes yeah <laughs> and dragon i mean yeah come on now he not only lets himself be seen by the enemy and he not only speaks but he cracks jokes, uh-huh. which we knocked Shredder on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for very hard. And that's yeah. a comedy show. This guy actually says to an enemy as he kicks them in the chest. Catch you later, dude. <laughs> 
catch you later, dude. Mm. And they say he's a joker. That's the opposite of a ninja. <laughs> yeah, for like, sure. Yeah, I, I just can't abide by that. I mean, this guy is just on background right away. Uh-huh. He does a cool thing at the beginning, the Batman move. It's like a real power move. That's also creepy. Like, if you had a friend that actually did this, you wouldn't want him around. Yeah. Where they show up to the place where you're supposed to meet them in secret and they hang out in like the wings and the on the roof or whatever and you're kind of like hey where, where is batman why why isn't he here yet i've been here the whole time like that kind of bullshit yeah. like i would say if i would have to set a hard boundary and listen, say listen bro yeah. no more <laughs> you can't do that man you gotta show your face from the jump like i wanted you to meet my folks man they wanted to meet you and then you gave him a fucking heart attack he came out of nowhere they think you're a creep my mom's in the hospital now, in the hospital right now. he's like well, let's go visit her. i'm like no you're gonna jump out of the roof again where are you here. So he does that. That's ninja-like, but then he also just shows himself. So let's say that's a watch. Oh, yeah. He rips his mask off within the first two seconds. Yes. And that's when you it reveals this next little bit. Okay. This is a point in his favor. He is of Asian descent, supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> he is Chinese, not Japanese. And he looks Caucasian completely. Yeah. Like, Auburn hair. Auburn yeah. hair. Yeah. Oh, he has blonde hair. Okay. <laughs> yes. Because that's the, that's the big point here. Yeah. He's blonde. Uh-huh. No. No, sir. That's a no. That's whether natural or dyed, whether covered up or not by a mask, it doesn't matter. Blondes have more fun uh-huh. and ninjas don't have fun. We'll kill you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about fun. Yeah. It's not, they're not even allowed to enjoy it. They are just efficient machines. They sleep on embers. So Black Dragon, I I barely consider this guy a ninja. He is a ninja in in title only, and that title is not even mentioned in the episode. Yeah. It's just given to him, like, in the toy line. He's a caricature. He, he's just yeah. a Monty Python ninja. Speaking of caricatures, yes. there's also a gentleman named Metalhead. A real bro. A real <laughs> surfer type. A rock and roller. He brought the dude light to this. <laughs> he did. He brought... He's the closest thing to a real Joker on the crew, I guess. Yeah. Just in... He is comedic relief. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot of, do the extreme! He's that guy. He's the pizza eater. Oh, dude, he's the Michelangelo. Oh, for Yeah, sure. he does not do machines. Well, actually, you know, he did some no, machines. No, he does machines. Yeah. He does machines, but he also does dude. Hey, dude, if there's headbanging to be done, I'm the man with the van. Unbeatable and undefeatable. It can put the pop on any form of matter. I skied those scars calmly to the secret island base where they stashed the four Einsteins. This is this is at least the second, and it, I feel like there might be another one out there somewhere that we've encountered, but at least the second character we've encountered that uses a musical instrument as a weapon, like a guitar. True. Yeah. Because we've got Bluegrass from Silverhawks mm-hmm. who fires pure rock and roll out of the top of his guitar. Yep. And the same thing here, except it looks more like it's just a shotgun mm-hmm. with a guitar body. And but that because he's a rock and roller, because this guy, he's got long blonde hair. He looks like He's dressed as one of the members of the Lone Rangers from Airheads. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 It's yeah. like a vest, no undershirt, necklace, tight jeans. He's kind of the bassist from Guns N' Roses. Uh-huh. Look, just that kind of like, I'm so thin, help me. Hell, yeah. Look, heroin has destroyed my body, yes, please. But I'm still loving it. Yep, doing he, machines. He looks like that. And he also looks like he is old enough to, I'd say, have a few U.S. tours and probably a sex tape under his belt yeah. by this point. But he talks like a baby. Uh-huh. He <laughs> talks like a baby, this guy. He's 12-year-old tubular. Hey, unless heroin has destroyed his vocal cords. Or or his body, and he actually is 12 years old. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I got a little surprise for you, Travis. Oh, well, yeah, what's your surprise? This voice is so familiar. Okay. When we were, I was watching it, I had to look it up. He is voiced by Matt Hill. And we've heard Matt Hill's voice before. It's been a while. Okay. This is awesome. Me meeting my favorite video hero. You're a real video legend where I come from, Link. 
Captain N himself on Captain N the Game Master. This same kid who wore a letter jacket as like a 15-year-old at most in that. Wow. Hey guys, huh? this type of dude is now like he should have a back tattoo. Wow. He should have a yeah, lot right. of tattoos, yeah. really. Yeah, he probably has some piercings and not just on the upper body, this yeah. fella. So, like, that's who we're looking at here. Do not know this guy's background except that he he has done some machines. Other recruits this episode, or people uh, just latecomers to the GI Joe party, yeah, include ballistic. Who is a sniper? Yep. Who and wears a, and a baller, an awesome baller. He is a he is maybe even a shot caller with how good he balls here. <laughs> he this is a guy. This is the only one that they go to like find on location to say like Stone is saying we need this guy. He's the best there is, and he's let's a sniper. Go, let's go down the street. Let's go down the street to one of these carnivals that's a death trap. To this church carnival. Seriously, it's a char- a carnival in a parking lot, mm-hmm. and this guy is wearing just the highest shoulder pads that would do nothing but limit your. I mean, go look up X Force comic books. You will see what I'm talking about. Twelve inches. He's got the sunglasses on, and he's just he's at one of the, these game spots uh-huh. at a carnival. Yeah, a little and, booth. Yeah. And it says guns, but it's a place where you shoot baskets uh-huh. for toys. And there's a big pile of toys next to him, and he's just been shooting baskets for so long and winning every time. Probably three nights worth of toys. So. Yeah, and this poor Carney is just saying, I'll give you all your money back if you just fucking stop, man. So we have no idea why he's here. And I don't think it's for any other reason than he doesn't know what to do with this life when it's not wartime. Yeah, This right. is his PTSD happy place is just shooting baskets at the local <laughs> carnival. But what happens is they're watching him from afar. They're about to go, I guess, recruit him. And somebody just yells, somebody's robbing the carnival. <laughs> and this guy runs by with a suitcase full of cash. And that's when he snaps out of it. And he, he knocks this man out, possibly Do- dislocates his brain. Yeah, does a trick shot worthy of any YouTube pool lesson. Yes. Knocks him out with the fucking basketball. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. It's a great move. Yeah. Uh, I, I am not familiar with that being. A, I don't know if that's a common crime. Yeah. <laughs> a carnival robbery. I will say that it does seem like a place where there's a lot of cash exchanging yeah, hands. Right. For various, probably illicit reasons. <laughs> so but good thing he was there. You don't know sure. if he was there on a stakeout. Oh, man. That that carnival can last another day now. <laughs> and that's good. We also had, I think, uh, what was your, your favorite guy? Quick Strike. Yes. Yes. Yes, sir. Who, uh, they don't explain it in this again. These are things that I don't know if they ever will get around to explaining, but uh-huh. I know it because the internet told me. <laughs> I asked him. Mr. Internet? Quick Strike is a seemingly Jamaican man. A Jamaican badass. Yes. Who mountain fits, climber? Yeah, mountain climber. They say, good thing he's here because he's good at mount, climbing yep. mountains. Uh-huh. He shows up and says, like, don't you want me to be a part of this party? Then you will need someone who's fat, man. I hear things. You need me. He's not dependable. We know that. Okay, here's why. He used to be a member of SCAR. And then he defected when they killed his brother or something like that. And he was frozen for how many years? <laughs> oh, diff- different story. Probably oh, a few you. hours. Okay, and then gotcha. he, got, he, he, he <laughs> broke out of it. Got you. It was just a nap. Yeah. But yeah, that's like that's something that they don't go into. But this guy, has a, he fits a phenotype that was particularly 90s to me of a tall black man with small round glasses, uh-huh. very long dreadlocks, a hat, and like an army jacket. Yeah. I feel like I've seen that other places, and I don't uh-huh. know where, but it's something, it's haunting it's Slash me. from Guns N' Roses. <laughs> It's, maybe he was trying to approach that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I maybe if you take away the top hat yeah. and the frizzy you have him. white you guy got him. hair, <laughs> you got him, buddy. It's close. We're getting there. You know where you are. You're in the jungle, baby. You're gonna die. 
the last edition is yeah. maybe the best one. Actually, okay, I, that, yeah. that might be my favorite just as far as you get nothing about his character said, but his actions speak much louder than any words ever could. <laughs> this is a man named Freight who literally para quote unquote shoots into the battle. Uh-huh. He jumps out of a plane with nothing attached to him. He's just firing laser guns, screaming all the way down from out high altitude, firing into the earth. That's the only thing keeping him from just dying when he hits the ground. Yeah. And then he falls through that into the subterranean layer and starts firing on people. This man falls from the sky with guns as parachutes. <laughs> Dude, that's Extreme. That is extreme. That's extreme. That is extremely dangerous. <laughs> That's very dangerous. As usual, why do you want me to blow? Why bother with the door when I can just take you through the wall? Now, here's his deal. Yeah. I love this. And again, don't go into it. He's oh, just an old buddy. What's nobody. Okay. What you got? This guy, Freight. Yep. I, I'm guessing he's transported things. <laughs> he is a big guy. He is a former soldier. I believe yep. that's how he knows Lieutenant Stone turned professional football player now G.I. Joe once he heard that they were back in action these guys not even the G.I. Joe's he's like oh well fuck the NFL yeah which I, I'm surprised that if the world's in such a bad state I guess we need something to keep their minds off of mm-hmm. the, the, the fall of democracy or whatever the red skies baby yeah he's like you know what sorry coach I'm out of here and off to the G.I. Joe's he goes to explode everything I'm a Joe now, the Joes are successful on their first mission. Before they're even called Joes, they manage to save everything. But the scientists are, to me, both the real heroes and the real villains of this because they're they're the ones that say, we'll, we will blow ourselves and this gun up, this thing that he's making us work on, if it saves the world and it keeps it from falling into the wrong hands, we'll do yeah. this if we need to. And they're crying and talking about suicide. And not one of them even suggests Maybe we should try any other thought on this subject of like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. let's just take five minutes yeah. to talk about this a little bit more. Take no, a breather. They arrive at this very fast. They're very heroic. Uh, so they are very materialist because they set this thing off and that's basically what causes everyone to have to run. Uh-huh. And everybody gets out of there and, hey, the world is saved for now. But if they didn't have this kind of science in the first place, we wouldn't have this problem. Mm. I think they it's they're kind of at fault for introducing such advanced technology into the world. It's their fault. Then, then <laughs> it's their then, fault. Then instead of kidnapping, and maybe we should sh- just put just outlaw the science. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Outlaw science. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere else there. Okay, got Yeah, it. no, no, no. no. Okay. Outlaw science. On today's episode. On today's episode is the segment of the show where we take a look at the lessons that we can learn from the cartoon that we've watched. And just like the original G.I. Joe, a real American hero, G.I. Joe Extreme has some some morals to hand down to us. Oh, yeah. yeah. In an extreme fashion. Definitely. Extremely fear-mongering, uh-huh. paranoid, uh, horrific. It looked like a Nightmare on Elm Street situation yeah. <laughs> to me. I, the, the way it was shot. Okay, so this PSA at the end, which is brought to you, it's endorsed by the National Child Safety Council, Uh which I can't even believe that such a thing exists. A name like that makes me think that you are people who are actually trying to cover up that you are against the safety of children. Yeah, right. The need to have a council like this. But this is like To Catch a Predator, just done in the most horror, like Wes Craven Uh directs. To kill it, to catch a to kill a predator and to catch a predator. Yeah, it's the beginning of a uh, scream. Yeah, basically. Yeah, because this kid, like, it's like a Dutch angle on a cell phone in this kid's house Love that is angles. as 
dark as it gets. Uh-huh. All the lights are out. It's just a bunch of shadows everywhere. They doubled the shadows in this big time. They doubled it. And the kid answers the phone, and this kid, this guy is just like, "Is your mom or dad there?" No, actually, I'm home alone. Well, you want a prize? I'll bring it over. What's your address? Great, up 42 Oak Street. I don't think this was a common... I didn't ever have this problem when I was a kid in the 90s of strangers calling my house and saying, are your parents home? And if not, great, I have a prize. Where are you? <laughs> and this kid's dumb for answering, I will say. He should have already learned this lesson. He's old enough. Yeah. They cut outside and there's just fog in the air. Uh-huh. It's like... it's like Thick London fog. Yes, exactly. It's London. It is like Jack the Ripper is stalking the shadows out yeah, there. right. But luckily, Sergeant Savage, old froze brain himself... Is ra- is walking around being a creeper. Just walking around around i guess uh-huh. he just i think he takes it upon he can't sleep yeah the omaha beach just haunting his his dreams and so he just walks at night and just looks for ways to take his his frustrations out uh-huh. yeah. and he sees the kid and the kid comes out and is like hey i'm getting a prize and he he smells what's going on here the guy pulls up in a car all he is lit in that way that you only see his eyes uh-huh. but he has that look on his face like oh shit they caught me and then Sergeant Savage just mad dogs him into driving away yeah. and then says, don't ever tell anyone that you're at home alone or where you live. And I feel like he's going to follow it up with like, nobody is good in the world anymore. All the best people died in WW2. Yeah. All, all we got left is panty wastes and perverts and lady drivers and soldiers. <laughs> now, I don't necessarily agree with Sergeant Savage on that front. Uh, I mean, I do agree with him on don't tell people you're home alone. Yeah. Unless you're trying to get your friend to come over. You're like, hey, I'm home alone. You want to come over? Yeah. <laughs> but know who you're saying it to. Travis, did you get any anything out of this episode? Uh, Yeah. You know what? I did. I did. I did well. That uh, more is more. Okay. Yeah. More is more. More is more extreme. But uh, less is not more in this this situation. Yeah, more is more. Um, maybe you don't have to be so extreme. You know, you can maybe just take take a second, relax, you know, use your thought process and just kind of evaluate everything, you know. Rushing through, you know, rushing to conclusions is not the smartest answer all the time. So more is more. More is more. But don't always go for more. Less is more. But not in this cartoon. But not in this tune. <laughs> Will, what do you get? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write that down and parse it out later. <laughs> uh, oh man, this one—I mean, they handed us one on a platter, which I don't necessarily disagree with, as I said. But um, yeah, I—I I had some similar thoughts, and I had my own things that you know a lot pop, popped out to yeah, me on this. Maybe one. More is more. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For instance, adapt with the times. If the world's skewing extreme, gotta get extreme. Uh-huh. You just gotta go with it a little bit. <laughs> You got to grab a bandana and some sunglasses and just get a little bit extreme, yeah. even to blend in, just so your voice can be heard. Right. Even if you're trying to steer us back, you know, towards the, the moderate a right. little bit. Okay. You know, that's and the G.I. Joe's have done that. I appreciate that. Sergeant Savage, he's adapted to the times. We're in a metal helmet. Yeah. Okay. Just get some metal, put yeah. it on your, scal- your scalp and put call it a day. Put something skull-like on your body. <laughs> wear, so- wear three things that you don't have to wear Hell. and that might even hinder your movement. Hell, get a cape. Get a oh, cape. absolutely. Somebody get a cape. Okay. But only one per team, I would say. <laughs> uh, be respectful of your elders. And just when they have these uh, shitty thoughts that they share out loud, these opinions, these antiquated notions of uh, sex and race, just just ignore them. Just ignore them. Yeah. You know, just let them say whatever they're going to say and don't even try to correct it. That's they're, Grandpa. They're pro- <laughs> that, that is Grandpa Savage, and he's probably on his way out of here. He's got froze brain, you know. So just, you know, just you let them do it. You don't got to, um, at the very least, you don't got to physically assault them. 
Just know that Grandpa's going to drop the A word, the B word, the C word, all <laughs> words. He's going to drop them. A through Z words. Yes. yes. But the one that really hit home for me. What's that? Don't become or associate with anyone who is becoming or is a scientist. Mm. This spells automatic danger. You are you are in danger if you were anywhere like a hundred foot radius of a scientist. Get the fuck out. Yeah. If you or someone you know even develops an interest in one of the sciences, seek help immediately. If your kid is even into being into a science fair, if your if the, your child's <laughs> school holds a science fair, they are actually a Cobra or Scar command center. Yeah. And you need to get them drop, out of there. Drop them out of school yes, immediately. Homeschool only. Mm-hmm. But don't teach science. No. Don't do that. Distance yourself from these people if they even begin to show, if they say, like, hey, have you seen that new show on the science science fiction network yeah. or whatever? Like any of that shit, you just say goodbye. Break your family up if you have to. That's dark magic. That, we don't do that over yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. Get a restraining order. And if it's you that's feeling tempted, like you're interested, get a restraining order on Bill Nye. Turn it off. Beekman, too? Yeah. Beekman's got a whole world, okay? Oh, you're right. A whole world right. of business to deal with. So do not deal with him. Get a restraining yeah. order on all of that crew. Yeah. yeah. Be a, Bill, Bill and I is more regional. Well, I even, I mean, look, don't trust any of these people. Yeah. Neil Grass Tyson. Tice, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Neil Grass Tyson. Well, him and Neil DeGrasse Tyson, uh-huh. both of those motherfuckers. <laughs> Block them anyway. I'm tired yeah. of that guy. If she blinded me with science, comes on the radio, I don't care. I'll catch you. You got to turn it off. Okay. I'm sorry. Right. Thomas Dolby, right. that's a no-go. Okay. If you value your life or the lives of your loved ones, do the smart thing and stay dumb when it comes to science. Okay, Einstein? Thank you for reporting for duty today. Yeah. On the Days Past Tooncast. <laughs> Report for Extreme Duty on Extreme Monday, please, <laughs> Extreme Officer. Officer Extreme. <laughs> Do they say please a lot in the. <laughs> When they give you orders to report for duty? <laughs> I don't think so. At attention, please. Sir? If you've enjoyed the report we've given here today, the this uh, theater of war that we've put on for you, you can go on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review and write a review for us. Man, would that help us out? Check out our Twitter and Instagram at DPTooncast if you got a second. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Will, what else we got out there? We also have a YouTube music video. It's animated. It's got music. It's got rapping from Travis and I here. It is called X-Men Attack, and it is a parody mashup of the 1992 X-Men animated series with... Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back. Uh, double up, uh, uh. Just search for Days Past Tooncast on YouTube or follow the link in the show notes. All right, next week... Travis, do you realize we've just covered two new tunes yeah, in these yeah, past two weeks? We're going to keep innovating with actually just a tune we never even got near. We never even whiffed this thing okay. before. Okay. All right. I'm game. It's December. You know what's been coming out in December, like for the past every December for however many years, a uh, few years now? I mean, Christmas. Christmas been coming out. Yeah. yeah. The issue of one Christmas per year, yeah. usually. Yeah. Next week, we will be talking about Star Wars. <gasps> That's extreme. I this is really extreme. Really extreme. Really extreme. Next week we will be talking about the Star Wars cartoon called Star Wars colon Droids or Droids colon Star Wars. I forget which one, but you better believe there's a colon in there. I like this colon thing we're doing. I think you I do. Like it. I'm gonna get mine checked yeah. by the doctor. We need to. We're getting yeah. an age. In the meantime, tutor my extreme duder. Will tutor my duder. <laughs>